Blog Talk Radio. We are the Borg. Lower your shield and surrender your ships. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. Hello? Would you like to play a game? On January 14th, prepare to scream. Scream. Rated R. Only in theaters January 14th. Blog Talk Radio. Trek episode number eight with yours truly, Uncle Jim and the Leslie Hoffman. How you doing tonight, Leslie? I'm doing fine. We've been having interesting weather up in Saranac like today. I think it's hail, snowed, and rain today. <laughs> you know, I was on my way over from Rutland to Whitehall for a Star Trek attack wing game. And the same thing. It couldn't make up his mind. Is it going to snow? Is it going to rain? Are we going to have hail? Is it going to be windy? And it did, just did everything. It couldn't make up his mind, so it did everything. <laughs> but it's all gone Right. Now. Well, actually, you, you brought that other thing up, is that I have this really furry pig, Pekingese, and I took him out, and, <laughs> and the wind almost took him across the yard. <laughs> Poor it was baby. very windy. Very, yes. very windy. <laughs> So uh, we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. We're going to be talking about conventions. Um, Leslie's attended many. I've attended many. Um, I've never attended a convention as an invited guest like like the Leslie Hoffman has. Um, So a lot of my stories are are from a fan's perspective, but Leslie has two sides of the same coin. She can talk about conventions as a fan and conventions as a guest. So we're going to talk about conventions. If you have any convention stories that you'd like to share with us, give us a call at 646-668-2433. That's 646-668-2433. And as usual, um, you know, out of the kindness of Leslie's heart, um, the first fan that gives us a call and, and tells us a little story or asks a question about conventions, Leslie will send you a 4 by 6 autograph and you get to pick whether you want Bellana Taurus or Freddy Krueger um, 
when you call, we'll get you the details. But 646-668-2433 is the number. We have a special guest in the studio with us live right now. We have one of my co-hosts from Trek Talking. And, of course, I'm talking about none other than the awesomeness of Charles. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. And how's the weather out in Vegas? So far? Mild. We're a little cloudy today, but we've been seeing signs of spring lately, which have been nice. So actually, yeah. uh, it's kind of parallel to to conventions, but now how long has the Star Trek experience been gone now? Oh, oh God. Geez. I don't remember exactly wow. many years. It's been quite yeah. a few, I mean, it's probably close to 10. I think it's been 10 years. I think they had their anniversary. I think it's been close 10 years now. But it's interesting because I'm part of the USS Las Vegas Star Trek Club. And our Captain Admiral started the club there at the Experience. Oh. They actually created our club, and they worked. Both of them actually worked at the experience. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, wonder why I, they ever I know. That. I know. I went there once. I think I was there a second time, and I I just thought that was a nice thing um, for people that could get on the Paramount lot that they sort of got an idea of what what it was uh, for Star Trek. And I love the timeline when you were when you were waiting in that beginning line. There was like pictures along the wall that that I think were in sort of a chronological order, if I remember correctly. And yeah, uh, they, was they, we? they were showing aliens or something like that. Yeah. In fact, we have our first caller of the night, Leslie. Can you believe that? Oh, I'm sorry. We, say we that again. Fan? We have a fan on the line that, that wants to talk to you. Oh, okay. To the one and only, the Leslie Hoffman. So uh, let's see who we got on the line. Good evening. Hey. Thank you for calling Stunt Trek. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? This is Brandon Coles from uh, Brownsville, Kentucky. Hey, how you doing tonight? Good. We're glad that you called. Did you have a question you wanted to ask, Leslie? What's your favorite stunt stunt you've done? Well, are you talking about Star Trek or stunt in general? Just any, in, just in any, any, in, you're in your career. Uh, well, I, hmm, that's always a hard question to ask because, or answer because, favorite and most dangerous, um aren't necessarily the same. I would say the most dangerous stunt I did was in a movie called 1941 where I was in a motorcycle sidecar and John Belushi pulls the pin from the uh, sidecar and we go up this ramp and go flying into the back of an egg truck. Um, And we were having mechanical problems and the, the, the sidecar would run out of gas just before we were hitting this ramp, except that, like, the fifth time that we tried to do it, the guy actually drove us up the ramp, 
We ran out of gas. We hit the back of the steak bed truck. He flipped over. He was in the car. He flipped over. Luckily, there were pads on the ground, so he didn't get hurt. I slid onto the back of the steak bed truck. Had we hit any lower, I would have been decapitated. So I would say that was the most dangerous stunt. Um, That's called 1941. 1941. It was Steven Spielberg's, uh, I guess it did make money, but but they always refer to it as uh, like his worst bomb movie. You know what it is about 1941, Leslie? I I personally love that movie. Um, I, I think it's an acquired taste. It's one of those things where it's got dry humor, um, and either either you like it or you don't. Now, I happen to have liked it, um, but there's a lot of people that don't. It's 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 not a comedy like like you know Last National Lampoon's a Vacation or something like that. It's, it's a different type of a comedy. But um, well, if you thing, have if you have seen that, that I definitely check was, it out. The thing that I felt was wrong with the movie is he had maybe one or too many storylines. You know, if he had just stuck to maybe two or three, you know, a, a main plot and maybe one or two subplots, I think it would have been easier to follow the movie. You know, he had Slim Pickens, he had the family that lived near the ocean, he had the the guy that wanted to make it with the girl up in in the plane. I, you know, it just it, it just I felt like there was too many too many stories going on. But but yes, no, I enjoyed that story. Or I enjoyed the movie. I I also did the Jap Trap. If you remember when Wendy Jo Sperber and Nancy Allen went on to that rug, there was a hat. Her hat was on the rug. That was me. So, anyways, uh, I would say not necessarily funny, but fun was uh, the fight in um, Day of Honor because because at that time Roxanne Dawson was pregnant and they wouldn't let her do even close-up stunts or close-up sort of doing stunts. So, actually, Tom Morgan and I did the fight completely ourselves and and it was just so much fun doing that that fight so i would say that was that was my favorite stunt yeah was that the one with the barge uh, i'm sorry uh, was that the one with the barge no no uh this was this was um this is where she had to release uh, uh, the core, and then she and Tom were floating out in space. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So at the very beginning of that episode, um, well, it, it was a Klingon ritual. You know, it's like, you must eat the heart of the Targ or something like that, and now you have to drink this blood wine. or And then... And then uh, then she's supposed to fight the Klingon, but uh, well, it's called a Texas switch. Is that Tom and I did the fight completely, but the cameraman had what you call as a steady cam. So the camera was 
very movable. I mean, it was attached to the cameraman. So when I knocked the Klingon to the ground, the camera focuses on him. I step out of frame. Roxanne steps into frame. The guy with the camera swings the camera back towards now Roxanne, and Roxanne says, you know, I've decided I'm not going to do this, or some, some line like that. I guess another thing, well, not necessarily, or well, I'll call it a great honor is also Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, where I got to play my own character, and uh, Wes Craven actually gave me double credit at the end of the movie. Uh, I'm listed as the hall guard, and I'm also listed under stunts. And back in that time period, stunt people didn't even get credits at the end of the movie. It was it was it was hard enough to get stunt credits, and here Wes Craven gave me two credits at the end of the movie. That was a good scene in Nightmare on Elm Street too. That's that's one of my favorite scenes that you're in, by the way. I it, it is so amazing that I think I timed it. I think the whole scene is like 18 seconds long, and when I do horror conventions, people will come up to me and they'll say either, "Where's your pass? Screw your pass! Hey Nancy, no running in the hallway." It, it it's just. 18 seconds of those three lines are like one of the most memorable lines from original Nightmare. It's a, it really is. A, it's a classic movie and a classic line, so that's awesome. Brendan, um, make sure that you go to our Facebook page and uh, go, go to Trek Talking and Beyond on Facebook and message me with your um, address and uh, so that Leslie can get an autographed picture sent out to you. Um, okay. Do you do you want to? Are you like Belana Torres or uh, Freddy Krueger? Um, what 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 would you be interested in? Uh, Belana Torres. Excellent. Will do. Tread talking. You said. Thank you very much for calling the show, and thanks for listening. Okay. Thank you. Have a good Thank night. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. So that's awesome. So uh, before we go any further, though, I just want to get a little bit of uh, uh, house cleaning out of the way before we have to take our first break. I just wanted to mention everybody that uh, Stunt Trek, Talking, and Comic Corner, three podcasts that, that I do all three of every month. Um, Comic Corner is only once a month, but Stunt Trek and Trek Talking are every week. Um, those shows aren't free. Um, we have to pay, well, we have to pay for the airtime, pay for the phone line. They cost money to produce. None of us get paid to do any of these podcasts. God, if I was getting paid to do podcasts, I could retire. I do like almost, what, 18 of them a month. Um, so no one's, no one's getting paid here. No one's getting rich. But if you're a fan of any of the shows that I mentioned, you can go to patreon.com backslash trektalking, and uh, you can support us by becoming a patron. We have several different tiers there. I'm sure we, there's something there that fits into your into your budget, and you can become a patron, and you can come on the show and talk with us live. There's a lot of different um, perks that go with each one of them. And once we hit 10 patrons, I have an autographed picture of Lieutenant Arium from Star Trek Discovery 
that one of our lucky patrons is going to win. Could be you, but not if you're not a patron. So please consider going to patreon.com backslash Trek Talking and becoming a patron and becoming part of our global Star Trek family, which it truly is. Um, we're going to take a quick, very quick commercial break here. Don't touch the dial. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the Leslie Hoffman after this brief station identification. Hi, this is Subcommander Charles from Trek Talking here to invite you to join us for the best science fiction themed podcast on the internet. Our elite team of Trek experts are here to discuss Star Trek and related science fiction content. And we want to hear from you. Dial 646 668 2433 Thursday nights from 4 30 to 7 30 p.m. Pacific Coast time. And we'll get you on the air to share your opinion. Or you can also find us on Facebook. We have faith that you will call. And we're back. So uh, we're going to be talking about conventions, and um, Leslie's attended quite a few. Uh, Let's start off with conventions, Leslie, just as a fan, just like Charles and I, where you you just go and you hang out as a fan. What's the first convention that you attended as a fan? The first convention that I attended as a fan was in 1973, and it was in New York City. Um, drove down to New York City, and and uh, I got to meet George Takei, and and boy, <laughs> like I say, we're talking about 1973. Um, I posted a picture of me with George on. Uh, on a couple of pages that that so you can see how young I was, but it was it was the most exciting thing in the world to be with other Star Trek fans, and and then also I entered a trivia contest and I came in third. The little the little girl from Saranac Lake came in third on on. You know, I I don't know I don't know how many fans were at this convention. It was it was packed. That would have been that would have been the first Star Trek convention that, that they had down in New York City. That, from what I've heard, there was upwards of six thousand fans that attended that one. Well, that's I don't know. I've talked to Richard Arnold, and I'm not sure if he's saying that there was one in '72. So, so I'm not sure if I was at the first Star Trek convention or possibly the second. I've never really been able to confirm that. That's pretty cool. And yeah, Leslie. What, and then, and what, then what, there's what been would you say other is the conventions. Big, what would you say is the biggest difference between the first conventions that you went to in '73 in New York City and to some of the later ones that you've attended? Have they changed over the years? That um hmm, that's an interesting question. Um I I think you got to realize that in 73 all you had was the original Star Trek. So so the excitement over this one Star Trek series was just so amazing you know nowadays you have people who say i love deep space nine but i hate voyager i love enterprise but i hate uh next generation i mean 
so 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 there there isn't that absolute focus on the original series or on the original Star Trek as back then as there is today. And and I also don't necessarily remember oh, Right. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think no internet, <laughs> no Facebook. Seventy three. People didn't have personal computers. <laughs> so that maybe even more so that I mean with social with no social media, I mean to have if you're saying six thousand people showed up in New York, I mean that that was just hearsay, and and people just loved Star Trek so much. They they came and gathered because this was the only place that that we could all meet each other. And you know what, Leslie, as a as a fan and a convention promoter myself, uh, back in the early '90s, that was the exact reason why I dipped my toes into Star Trek. Uh, fandom as a convention promoter is because I wanted to give Star Trek fans uh, friends of mine because the fan community back then, as you said, it wasn't quite as splintered as it is today. You ha- you still had your I hate TOS, I hate TNG crew, but for the most part, uh, you know, you either liked Star Trek or you didn't. And have a convention where we could all come together and hang out and celebrate and enjoy this thing that we love was so special back then. And even for me, in the early 90s, we're we're talking 91, uh, we still didn't have social media. We barely had the Internet. We used to have Genie, which was all DOS-driven. So it wasn't even even in the 90s like it is today. In fact, when we had our our, um, Star Trek segment on our panel discussion, the local TV station gave us some uh, advanced trailers for next week's episodes, and movie trailers for Star Trek VI that hadn't been shown yet. And we actually had to go and rent a giant video projector uh, to show these clips because it wasn't like it is today where you just put it on your computer. We didn't have that. We had to go get a big video projector, and we had to have Rent-A-Center deliver it and set it all up. It was a big ordeal just to show a three-minute video clip. But when we showed that three-minute video clip, it was the first trailer for Star Trek VI, and the place went wild. They went crazy. We had to play it three or four times. People loved it so much. And, in fact, Mark Leonard, who was briefly in that trailer, was one of our guest stars. So Mark Leonard came out and started oh, wow. talking to everybody. The excitement for Star Trek VI was just out of this world, the excitement for that movie. And we got to ride on that, and it was something special. Those are memories I'll never, ever forget. But, unfortunately, I think memories like that are gone forever because with today's, you know, multimedia, as soon as they put out any information about anything, everybody knows it before, you you know, you'll never have an opportunity to be in a whole room with 600 Star Trek fans and be the first one to see the new trailer for Star Trek VI because it'll be on the Internet in five minutes, and then the whole world will see it. Yeah. Um, those yeah. were the special, and then the other special thing- days that I miss. The other thing, and again, I I really don't remember, is that obviously prices have gone up, you know, for a one day pass, an all an all weekend pass, or whatever. I mean, um, 
Obviously, as a teenager, I was able to afford to go to New York City and go to the Star Trek convention. Um, You know, I I really don't know how much people are charging, uh, let's say, for a full weekend pass for, for Star Trek. And then on top of it, you got the photo ops, and on top of that, you have uh, the autographed pictures, and you, I mean, it could be very expensive. I can throw well, in back. a comment on that. I can throw a comment on that one. Retail for non-assigned seating for Star Trek Las Vegas runs seventy to eighty a day, and for a weekend pass. Uh, Thursday through Sunday is over 300. That's just Holy for the non-assigned seating. For assigned seating, you get some of these high-end packages and those things are running a thousand plus a weekend. And those yeah, are ones I... that the autograph packages and some of the special seats. Spe- seating and some of the specialty areas. Nice, but I don't want to be that close to stage and spend that kind of money. Well, and well, and for people coming in to, into Las Vegas, they'd have to pay for a room. I'm, I'm assuming. Yep. I'm assuming that the weekend pass does not include the room. Nope. That's just or that the airfare or the only. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To put to put that in perspective, I've. A lot of fans don't understand or don't know how a Star Trek convention works. Now, what I'm what I'm going to tell you is from the 90s, a long time ago. Things have changed a little bit since then, but I actually had fans. It was so long ago that my phone number, if you find one of the old flyers or one of the old TV spots, you'll see a phone number on there. That was my home phone number. And I had an answer machine with a tape that would play. And when you called, you heard the tape, and it told you what to do, where to mail your check for your tickets, what tickets were available, who was going to be there, where and when it was. It was about a five-minute tape message. And when you called my phone number at my house, you would hear that message. And that was the only way we could do it back in the 90s. We didn't have digital voicemail like today. So when you called, you got my house. If I was there, I would answer the phone, and you could talk to me in person. And that's how we did it. But um, the way conventions ran back then, um, I would call up Marina Sirtis' agent. I'm just using her as an example. And her agent would say she's $6,000 a day. Okay, I just want her for Saturday, six grand. i would have to send a certified check to them by such and such a date. Her manager would send me a list of demands, which, which would include a limousine to and from the airport, a bottle of Evian water, um, uh, chocolate truffles, champagne in the room, blah, 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 two round-trip airfare tickets because she didn't want somebody sitting next to her on the plane, all these demands on top of the, the price you had to pay her. Then you go to your second guest, whoever that might be, Mark Leonard or Jonathan Frakes, and then you'd get the same thing. So you'd have to lay out all that money. Then you have to go rent your hotel, and you have to pay your hotel for the rental of the ballroom space. Then if your local TV station is going to give you some stuff to play, some VHS tapes, now you have to go and call Rent-A-Center and get a video projector there and set up because that technology didn't exist back then. And then you have to pay for your flyers and pay for your TV advertising. So by the time you add that all up, you're laying out twenty-five dollars or $30,000 
for a convention. Then you turn around and sell your dealer's tables to your dealers, say $150 a table or whatever it is, and hope you can recoup some of that money. And then whatever's left over, which isn't much, is yours. And unfortunately, back then, there were no photo ops and there were no autograph sessions because everyone that bought a ticket at the door got an autograph. It was part of what I negotiated with the stars with an hour on the autograph line. Some stars were better than others and wouldn't cut the line, and others would. But for the most part, Marina Sirtis would sign autographs for every single person in the line. So everyone that came was guaranteed an autograph, or the ticket price to get in. I think it was like $25 for the weekend, and that was it. Today, things are a lot different, a lot different. You're going you're gonna to pay more than 25 bucks at the door. Right. And your 25 bucks at the door isn't going to include an autograph. It isn't going to include half the stuff that I included in my price because everything, every, everyone's got their hand out. I think that Star Trek, well, let me rephrase that. Not Star Trek uh, in particular, multimedia conventions, Comic-Cons. I think they've taken the Star Trek mold and they've, tortured it and twisted it and perverted it into a giant money-grabbing thing. And so that, you know, every person wants their money. You know, you want an autograph, you're going to pay. You want a picture, you're going to pay. You want to sit in the front row, you're going to pay. You want to go to a panel, you're going to pay. And everything, it costs you on top of your price at the door. So they're a little, what is it like well, in Las Vegas, e- Charles? Is it, is it the same way? Yes. In fact, I've heard the autographed pictures right now now have to be purchased from creation, so it's adding a charge on top of the gifts. Now, there are two ways of getting autographs. depends on who it is. Some people will sign autographs at their – some will rent a table out, and you can go sign at their table. And you can catch them multiple times throughout the weekend. That's how I see J.K. Waters. Is he usually connected to a table somewhere? But then you've got the bigger people who then don't don't do the table. They have an autograph session and a picture session, and those autograph sessions get expensive. I don't do too many. I have only done once in an autograph line, and then I've done a couple in the dealer's room. But those are long lines, and you have to pre-purchase tickets, stand in long lines waiting. For me, most of what I do is the nice thing in the convention is it includes three different panel rooms. One's a CBS studio, it's usually minor. A second studio, which has a small studio with a small panel, which includes IDW, so I have to stop and make sure I get to those. Then we've got the big room where the major stars go. And I don't remember exact number, but I know that room holds a a few thousand people. I know the fact that the assigned seating goes from A to Z, and I sit in the one of the uh, section, the last two sections, 
after A to Z. Gives you an idea how big that room is. The nice thing I run into is I've got a good uh, zoom lens on my camera. From the back area, I can still get a great shot of the stage, and then I can also get a great shot from one of the big screen TVs that display what's going on the stage. So that helps in making for, more than eight plus. plus for me, Charles, to- being an old fan, uh, I mean, I, I went to conventions uh, when they were Star Trek conventions oh. and not Comic Cons. Oh, yeah, so did I. And, you know, I went when we went to I a convention, they, I went to a, they I never went to charged public- extra for panels. Yeah. And the last convention I went to, the Next Generation crew was there, and it, and I had paid to get into the convention, and then you had to pay an extra $25 to go to the Star Trek The Next Generation panel, and I, I, I that infuriated me. I was like, wait a second, there I was- just paid to get in the door. Every single panel that's here is included in your admission price, but now because I'm a Star Trek fan, I need to pay extra to go to a Star Trek panel? Did they do that at Vegas well, too? Um, yes and no. No, because they'll all show up the regular panel events. There was one year a special panel, and then other years it's a concert. It's a pop concert. But one year we did not have this pop concert. We did have a panel that we did pay extra for. But the unique thing in that one is it was an evening event after the main convention. And they had almost the entire regular crew of Next Generation show up. So it was an extra special event because in the regular regular panels, you might have two or three people on stage at one time. In that specific panel, everybody was on stage the entire time, in fact, they didn't even have a moderator. They moderated the entire thing themselves. That was worthy of paying the extra for. But most of the time, the, the concerts are worth it. Panel, it's a special privilege, and it's a there's a reason why it costs that much to get that many people on stage at one time. But for most of the panels, no, they don't charge for the panels. See, I just have to wonder, where does all this money go to? Who's who's making all this money? Creation. A lot of it's going (laughs) to pay for the hotel, the convention space. But if you want an example of a panel that everybody's familiar with, I was sitting in 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 the main studio... Listening to, uh, I can't think of it, Captain Kirk. Listening to him speak. And there had been an announcement of, hey, you want to stick around after he leaves the stage, Shatner. You want to be, you want to be in the room when Shatner's done. And, okay, I'll sit around, I'm going to watch this. 
sudden the head of CBS walks on stage and says, I've got this big announcement, but I don't think I'm big enough to make it. Let me bring on my friend to discuss it. Oh, let's introduce Patrick Stewart. And that was the announcement for the Pat- the, the uh, new show he's doing. Awesome. So sometimes, yeah, it's, you sit there and say, oh, what am I seeing when I'm here? Yet I'm right there in the middle of the audience who's sitting there getting this breaking announcement that nobody knows about, didn't get leaked out, and we're the first ones to know. So sometimes it is fun and worthy to be able to catch some of this stuff. So uh, we have to take another quick station identification break. Don't touch your dial. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk with the Leslie Hoffman about her experiences from the other side of the table. You're going to want to stick around and listen to this. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Jamie from Check Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best sci-fi themed podcast. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and sci-fi themed content. Call 646-668-2433 Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Coast Time. We can't wait to hear from you. Live long and prosper. So we're back. So, Leslie, we've been talking about our experiences in front of the table. But what are some of the things you can tell us about that happens on the other side of the table that Charles and I wouldn't necessarily see? Well, one of the first shows that that I was able to actually was booking myself and a couple of their stunt people Tom Morga and Brian Williams, who is uh, Data's double. Tom Morga's doubled and been almost every alien in the world. Uh, I was able to sell us as a stunt team to to this convention, and uh, and the first show that we did, uh, it was just Brian and myself, and we went out. Um, to do the show and we were just about to be announced to go on stage and there was a bomb scare and they had to evacuate the uh, hotel and uh, the showrunner I mean he was depressed he's you know I mean he's what am I going to do you know how long is this going to be and and I went up to him and I said well you know Brian and I could do the stunt routine outside on the lawn and he goes, oh yes, yes, <laughs> you know. And he makes a quick announcement to the to the people in the audience, you know, go out to the to the lawn and we'll set up there, and Leslie and Brian will be, you know, doing the sun show. And it was so while we're fighting with these bat lifts, you can hear helicopters going over our head. And fire trucks, you know, with the sirens going, coming to the hotel. Actually, it turned out it was even crazier. I even know the reason why there was the bomb scare was I think there was a senator staying at the hotel or or, or it was a delegation at the hotel. And one senator 
got this bright idea to send a bunch of clocks to the delegation so they would wake up and, and, you know, make it to the meetings. So this box arrives at the hotel, and it's ticking. (laughs) So that's what the bomb scare was. They got this box that was ticking. They think it's a bomb, and and they call, you know, whoever, the fire department, the police department, yeah, we got this this box, and it's ticking. Anyways, that that was our first experience with, with a stunt show. But I say later, uh, either I was going to conventions with either Tom or Brian, or sometimes uh, all three of us would be at a convention uh, doing a stunt show. But what was what was so much fun was a couple of times uh, J.G. Hertzler and, and Robert O'Reilly were guests as well. So we put this routine together where where I was supposedly the director and and JG and Bob would have dialogue, 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 and then they they get angry at each other and they're ready to throw punches and then I'd yell, Cut, stuntmen and then Brian and Tom would come in and they would start fighting and and let's say one has gotten the other one to the ground, and I go, cut, okay, you know, J.G., Bob, come back in, and dialogue, dialogue. Well, it finally came to, uh, I guess they were, somehow they were fighting over the woman, which was me, and they were going to, you know, so they were going to do the kiss, and Tom Tom wanted to kiss me, and, <laughs> and J.G. beats up Tom, and actually J.G. gave me a big fat kiss, <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to get kissed by General Martok. <laughs> so so, yeah, it was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I uh, I hope I hope the fans enjoyed it as much as I did. <laughs> but um, so the other thing is being on the other side of the table. Um, you know, fans come up and and ask you questions and and. And uh, you know, you try your best to answer them. Uh but but there was a couple times that like Brian had his picture set up and I had my picture set up and in front of me is this picture of me as a Romulan and and people would here I'm sitting in front of the picture, but they would turn towards Brian and they'd go, Is that a picture of you? In other words, they thought the Romulan picture was Brian instead of me. And you know, no, I'm just, I'm just sitting behind this picture because I don't, I don't know. Uh, there was I have no time idea who that, those people are. Right, right. They, they aren't, they aren't connecting the sun people being dressed up in alien makeup, so they don't know who's in what picture. Um, another time, uh, a Klingon came up to the uh, table, and he had a bat lift that he had made out of probably stainless steel. I mean, it it looked like it, it could have hurt you. And he wanted me to sign it, but, I mean, he, he's shoving it towards me, points facing towards me, and it's like, whoa, you know, could you just kind of put it on the table, please? 
No, I signed it. But <laughs> you know, I'm used to rubber bat lifts. I'm not used to ones made out of stainless steel. <laughs> now, when you're at when you're at the horror conventions, uh, does anything do people ever come up to you with Freddy Krueger claws and stuff like that? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they'll they'll. Uh, they might have the Freddy Krueger claw. They may have uh, an action figure of Freddy Krueger. Uh, I think the majority is that they have the original Nightmare on Elm Street poster, which actually I guess they made different variations of posters. Also, they had posters from different countries. So, you know, one, it wouldn't necessarily be in English. So it was fun. It was fun signing uh, the, well, all the posters. And well, I feel like I've signed plates. I've I've signed everything. <laughs> I mean, not only horror. You know, you have the Star Trek, so you have uh, action figures. And not that I was an action figure, but uh, uh, you know, you have action figures. You have uh, Star Trek plates. You have um, well, let's you have the the DVD series. So so you know you you could be signing. Not only just your 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 picture, it it could be actually a well, like I say, a memorabilia, like I say, DVD, a poster, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, I I almost feel like someone even created. I want to say it was a Freddy Krueger that somehow they made a Freddy Krueger doll, and and had me sign it. Have you ever been asked to sign a picture that wasn't you? Not me, but but I was at a convention where the person next to me was, and and I always get uh, Michael Myers and Jason mixed up for some reason. Um, they had a picture of. It was a see. I'm familiar with the pictures that Tom has. He had a he had this split picture, where where um, it really was a picture of Tom standing up, and then there's a picture of him where the mask has been taken off, and you can see it's this actor that was at the convention, and uh, I let Tom know that uh, this guy was selling a picture of Tom technically and getting money for it and it wasn't you know like I say it wasn't this actor it was definitely the picture of Tom but but no I I, I don't think I've ever had uh, one where or if if someone brought a picture to me that wasn't me I think I would tell them first I mean I'm trying to remember if it's ever happened I don't think it has but but if if it was the wrong. If it wasn't me, I would I would definitely lo, let them know. Hey, if they say, well, I still would like you to sign it, you know, I would do it. Oh, and and now I'm in the uh, the uh, two book uh, encyclopedia. So um, I've had I've had Nightmare on Elm Street books that I've signed that I definitely have been interviewed in, and and now the. Uh, the last Star Trek encyclopedia, the, the like I say, this big two box or two book box set. So I've signed books as well. 
Charles, you have that set, don't you? Yes, I do. That's one of, what, my, what that's page? One of my resources. Well, what page but, uh, are you on, have, Leslie? Um, okay, I am not. See, I'm, I'm being honest. I am not within the book, but if you look in uh, the appendix or the index or whatever, uh, I think on the second book, uh, you look under Hoffman, you'll see Leslie Hoffman, Sun Double Torres, you know, so, so no, there's no picture of me, but they're definitely, my name is definitely in there. Oh, that's pretty cool. I'll have to have Charles check that out. Uh, looking now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I don't have I don't have my books out right now, so I can't tell you if it's the first book or the second book. But but it's definitely at the back where where it has like the other cast okay. and crew people listed and and a quick detail. Okay. Back with did you find? Leslie Hoffman, uh, Torres Stunt Double, Day of Honor, and Voyager, Extreme Extreme Risk, Voyager, EC2. Right. Yeah, Michael Akuda was, was, you know, he wasn't going to have me, he's, he has to do what the publishers want him to do. So he, you know, he's... Like you can find Dennis Madalone and Tom Morga in that same, you know, alphabetically in that same area, and it's not going to list that every show that Dennis did or that Tom did or that I did. But but I feel greatly honored that that Michael did well, include me. But to sit there and include not just people who showed up as guest stars and regulars but people that actually work the show as even stunt people. That's appreciative that, that everybody's recognized. That's one of the reasons I love those books. They are so detailed. Oh, yeah. Oh, Michael Michael's put hours and hours into, well, you know, he did the first. I, I, in fact, that's a good question. Is this now like about the fourth encyclopedia he's done? I'm not even sure myself. Yeah, no, he's been doing this for years. There was a blue-covered one, the chronology, that was just a single issue. Um, there might have been one before that that, that was uh, TOS, TAS, uh, TNG, and DS9. Yeah, this I think this might be the third or fourth one. I think there even was a TOS edition. There's been quite a few. Yeah, I agree. Um, but another thing about conventions is that, you know, it might be a sci-fi convention or a Star Trek convention, but, but I do bring pictures of nightmare. Well, when I go to a convention, I do bring, uh, both the Star Trek and the nightmare on Elm Street. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Uh, there was one convention that I swear I sold more. Not, it, in other words, it was Star Trek, but I swear that I sold more more Nightmare on Elm Street pictures. So you just never know. Well, I, you know, Leslie, I think 
I, I think that Star Trek, Star Trek, when, when people say Star Trek as a whole, as an entire series of everything encompassing it, is a classic. But it's, but you have so many different um, flavors of the classic. But when you say Nightmare on Elm Street, there's only one Elm Street. <laughs> and the fact that you were in that very first movie and Freddy Krueger is such a classic horror movie monster that it, it wouldn't surprise me that more people would, would, would recognize you or be interested in Nightmare on Elm Street than they would in Star Trek. It, it, that doesn't surprise me because Freddy Krueger is just, he's iconic. And when you say Star Trek, what comes to your mind? It's going to be different for each one of us. Charles might think of TNG. You might think of TOS. I might think of Discovery. Um, someone else might think of Deep Space Nine. So even though the word Star Trek triggers a response in you, it's a different response. But if I say Freddy Krueger or The Nightmare on Elm Street, there's no – I know exactly what you're talking about. Where's your hall pass? <laughs> right. Well, the other thing is, like I say, you know, when you're an alien and then you're behind the desk, they they can't necessarily, well, in other words, I was the Harold Guard. My, my hair is as long as it was uh, when I was being the Hall Guard. That is not a wig. That is my hair in those ponytails. Um. So so maybe maybe it's easier for someone to look at that picture and recognize that it's me. Much older now, but <laughs> they recognize that it's me. While when they look at a picture of Mila, you know, here I'm a Kardashian. How how are you going to see through the makeup and see that that I'm the person, you know, underneath all that makeup? True. That that's true too. So, well, the other thing that I want to give kind of a shout-out is, well, besides you haven't even begun to, to talk about the hours and hours that you put in to create a convention. I mean, if if you were to put a price on per hour, <laughs> I mean, it would just be just so outrageous how much time and money, effort you put in to do it. Is that... At conventions, you're usually given a volunteer uh, to make sure, you know, you have a bottle of water. Do you need to get up and walk around? Uh, do you want to go to the green room to get something to eat? I'll sit at the table while, you know, you go to the bathroom or, like I say, get something to eat. And and the volunteers that I've dealt with have all been so absolutely wonderful. I mean, I... I don't think the convention could run without the volunteers. No, it's 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 an honor when 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 you have a convention and you ask somebody like you know will you be will you be interested in taking care of Will Wheaton this weekend, and they they agree to do that. It's an honor and it's and they take it very seriously and you don't have to pay them. Just the fact that they get to hang out with Will Wheaton all weekend um, is more than enough and. Most of the times you're going to, unless it's your parents. I had my parents, I asked my parents a simple thing. Can you take Walter and get a car at the airport? He wants to go to see Woodstock. And my own parents couldn't even handle that. They botched it all up and had to call me to straighten it out. So 
You know, so. sometimes dealing with your family, <laughs> you know, you can't can't count on them. Sorry for another day. But at any rate, uh, we're out of time, Leslie. Can you believe that? Wow, this hour just went by real fast. I, I have a but feeling great, that we could do a whole other show. Charles. Great talking to you once Charles again. I just talked to Charles this afternoon. I get to talk to Charles. Well, I talk to Charles tonight. I get to talk to Charles tomorrow, and I get to talk to Charles on Thursday. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> or well, Charles gets to talk to me, get, one or the other. If we ever get to meet each other, Charles, you bring you bring that that uh, the encyclopedia, and and I'll autograph it for you. Oh, I'd appreciate that. So uh, this wraps up uh, Stunt Trek Episode 8 with Uncle Jim and the Leslie Hoffman, special guest Charles from (laughs) Trek Talking and Beyond. (laughs) We were talking about conventions tonight. I have a feeling we could talk a whole other show about conventions because I feel there's so much more that we didn't get a chance to touch on, but an hour goes pretty quick. And congratulations to Brendan from Kentucky. He was our first caller, and he'll be receiving an autograph from Leslie herself. So thank you for calling, and congratulations. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. Well, I lied. At 7.30, um, we'll be doing Comet Corner. Charles will be back with me, TJ, Jamie, and Eric, and we'll be talking about Star Trek Transformers issue number four and the Q Conflict issue number one. So you guys want to tune in for that. We don't have anything free or autographed to give away if you give us a call, so just call and say hello, and we'd appreciate it. And, of course, Thursday night, don't forget, Trek Talking. We're going to be talking about that awesome, incredible episode with the Talosians and Spock and all that great stuff, Talos 4. So you guys want to tune in for that. And if you want to call, 646-668-2433 is the number. Call and tell us what you thought about the Talosians. Did you like them? Did you not like them? What about Vina? Whatever's on your mind. Give us a call, 646-668-2433. We'd love to hear from you. The Leslie Hoffman and yours truly, Uncle Jim, will be back with you next Sunday at 7 o'clock for Episode 9 of Stunt Trek. What are we going to talk about next week, Leslie? Boy, I, I haven't even I, thought about it. I don't know, maybe maybe different aliens and makeup and things like that. So there you have it, guys. We'll be talking about aliens and uh, makeup on next week's show. You don't want to miss out on that. And thanks for thanks for hanging out with us tonight, Charles. I, it's great to hear from you. Oh, and had a ball. And the pretty lady's telling me too. that I only have 90 seconds to go, so we have to wrap up the show and say good night. Thank you, Leslie, and thank you, Charles. Oh, and we'll talk to you guys you. next week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.